Well, last week you heard me, last month you heard me preach about lessons from an onion farmer. And, uh, you know, I love growing onions. I've already got 300 in the ground this year. And if you want lots of onions, you sow lots of onions. But if you think onions reproduce, you ought to try rabbits. <laughs> My first business, I was about the age of 10, and I started raising rabbits. I had eight does. And eight does, every three months, can produce eight bunnies, which grow up to be rabbits, okay? And if you got that four times a year, then one mama rabbit can end up with 32 rabbits. And if you got eight of them, that's 256 rabbits a year. It's a lot of rabbits for a 10-year-old, huh? And whatever I didn't uh, fix for the neighbor, well, fix is a nice word, dress out for the neighbors I sold to a rabbit buyer. Yeah, rabbits know how to do one thing. Well, reproduce. Rabbits are a symbol of fertility. And I hate to tell you, eggs are also. When I wasn't busy raising rabbits, I had a bunch of chickens, and you can expect one a day from a healthy hen for most of the year. Eggs and rabbits, Easter bunnies, Easter eggs are symbols of fertility. Not much to do with the day we call Easter. And where did the word come from? Well, it's an Anglo-Saxon word. It was the goddess of springtime. And springtime is the time when things become fertile. Some of the other languages have it as estra, from which we get our word estrogen. Yeah. Easter is related to fertility. It's not a word found in the Bible. Okay, there's a smart aleck on the front row. By the way, enjoyed your song. Yes, you will find it one time in one translation, and that's uh, Acts 12, verse 4. But the word there is Passover, Pascha in Greek, Passover. The word Easter is not a biblical word. It came out of the realm of fertility, and as you're familiar with the Bible, the whole worship of Baal and all that stuff, uh, you know, it's all got to do with fertility. Now, that's a cultural holiday for most people now, but Easter is not, does not, have anything to do with the resurrection of Christ, 
except one thing that I'll tell you about later. I'm smart. You're pretty smart knowing that. Or maybe you just have a King James Version of the Bible. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> the New King James has it right. The Pew Bibles have it right. The only genuine connection between Easter and Passover is the date. That's a come, Easter jumps around because it's taught, it's determined in the Old Testament that is Passover time was determined by the fruit crop and the moon. And that's how come it's different from one year to the next. And Leaky back there, she comes from the Greek Orthodox Church and she knows that there's two different ways to figure out the Passover date. So there's an Orthodox Easter. I thought I'd better head her off. I mean, I got one troublemaker here in the front row. I don't want another one back there. <laughs> okay, so Easter is a cultural holiday, but not a biblical event. The biblical truth and the cultural event are separate, but the very most important teaching in Scripture is the resurrection of Jesus Christ, which happened at Passover time. We are here today not for Easter eggs and bunnies, but because of an empty tomb. An empty tomb that changed the face of history. The key words for today are, he is risen. It's to the topic of the resurrection that we turn now. If you've got your Bibles, we'll turn to Mark, the 16th chapter. Mark 16, if you're using a Pew Bible, it's page 1022. Mark, the 16th chapter. I'm going to read these. Uh, today's sermon is going to be kind of like a Bible study about how to get it right and how to get it wrong. The strangest people in today's study get it right. All the wrong people get it right and all the right people get it wrong. You'll see what I mean in a minute. Mark 16, verse 1. And when the Sabbath was passed, Mary Magdalene and Mary the mother of James and Salome brought spices so that they might go to anoint Jesus. And very early on the first day of the week, they went to the tomb when the sun had risen, and they were saying to one another, who will roll the stone away from the door? And looking up, oh, wait a minute. These people, these ladies, the last thing they were expecting was an empty tomb. They were expecting to find a dead body. And given the heat in Palestine, they wanted to get the spices taken care of as soon as possible. 
As Jesus said, what they said about Lazarus over in John 11, after four days, he stinketh. They were afraid to open the tomb. Anyway, the last thing these people were expecting was a missing body. They expected a dead body. In spite of the fact that Jesus said in John 11, I am the resurrection and the life. And that they saw Lazarus get resurrected. You know, that's... I find that fascinating. Lazarus gets resurrected after four days, and the Jews want to kill him again. <laughs> well, I'm off the track now. But it is fascinating. How would you want to kill a man that Jesus could resurrect? Well, how come Jesus couldn't resurrect himself? Weren't they thinking? Thinking is difficult if it goes against your presuppositions and your goals in life. Now remember that. This sermon is not only about the resurrection. It's about thinking and how we think and how the devil thinks differently than we do, but he's got it right usually. Well, that's not a nice thing to say, is it? We'll get there. Okay, where did I stop? Verse 4. And looking up, they saw that the stone was rolled back. It was very large. And entering the tomb, they saw a young man sitting on the right side, dressed in a white robe. And they were amazed, astounded. And he said to them, Do not be amazed. You seek Jesus of Nazareth, who is crucified. He has risen. Now that's the last thing that they expected to hear. But it was the first thing they should have expected to hear. He has risen. He's not here. See the place where they laid him, but go tell his disciples and Peter that he's going before you to Galilee. There you will see him as he told you as he told you. Those are interesting words. We'll get back to them. And they went out and fled from the tomb, trembling and bewildered. And they were afraid. They were afraid. Now, let's go to Matthew, the book of Matthew. We're going to start in verse 16. Chapter 16. The page is 983 if you're using a pew Bible. And we're going to stay in Matthew a bit. So keep your finger here in Matthew, and I'll just keep running through the chapters because Jesus has something that he desperately needed for those disciples to understand. Matthew, the 16th chapter. Matthew is divided into two halves. The first half starts out with the first verse and it runs up through Matthew 16, verse 20. The first half of Matthew, Jesus is trying to demonstrate to the disciples 
who he is. He creates miracles. He raises the dead. He causes the blind to see. He casts out demons. And they're amazed. Who is this man? They ask over and over and over again. The first half of Matthew, who Jesus was seeking to demonstrate to his black-headed disciples who he was. And they get the answer right on this one. Let's read it. Uh, verse 13 of chapter 16 of Matthew. Now when Jesus came into the district of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, Who do men say that the Son of Man is? And they said, Some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. He said to them, But who do you say that I am? And Simon Peter replied, You are the Christ son of the living God. Oh man. After 16 chapters, well, quite a bit of their life with Jesus, they had half of it figured out. That Jesus is the Messiah. He is the Christ. He is the one sent from God. The second half of Matthew asks a different question. What does it mean to be the Christ? What does it mean? Who Jesus is has been solved. Now the question is, what does it mean if he's the Christ? Verse 21, the shock comes through. They were expecting the Christ to be a king, a conquering king like David. Verse 21, from that time, Jesus began to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things from the elders and the chief priests and the scribes and be killed and on the third day be raised. And Peter rebuked them. Not the answer Peter wanted to hear. Peter didn't hear what he said, that he would die and be raised on the third day. Verse 22, And Peter took him and began to rebuke him, saying, God forbid, Lord, this shall never happen to you. But he turned and said to Peter, Get me behind me, Satan. Whew! I mean, this is his chief disciple. You know that Jesus only called two people Satan in his entire ministry? One was the devil, and the other was his chief disciple. Both of them were saying you don't need to go to the cross. You can get the kingdom in another way. Peter played Satan's game. He didn't have ears to hear. Matthew 17, 
Now Jesus is going to 17, next page over. Jesus is going to go into the most intensive educational program that he ever went into with the disciples. On who, what the Messiah is. And he will totally fail. I used to have a message entitled, I don't want to be a failure like Jesus. Jesus had 12 disciples and not one of them gets it straight. 17.9 of Matthew. Just keep flipping over as we go through the chapters. And as they were coming down the mountain, Jesus commanded them, tell no one the vision until the Son of Man is raised from the dead. Okay, so Jesus comes at it a second time, telling Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, don't tell anyone about the transfiguration until the Son of Man is raised from the dead. Verse 22 of chapter 17. And as they were gathering in Galilee, Jesus said to them, <clears throat> The Son of Man is to be delivered into the hands of men. They will kill him. And he will be raised on the third day. And they were greatly distressed because Jesus' theology didn't match up with their doctrine. Jesus is trying to tell them something, but they don't hear very well. Matthew 20. Matthew, the 20th chapter. Verse 17. And as Jesus was going up to Jerusalem, he took the 12 disciples aside. And he said to them, Behold, we're going up to Jerusalem, and the Son of Man will be delivered to the chief priests and the scribes, and they will condemn him to death, and deliver him to the Gentiles to be mocked and scourged and crucified. And he will be raised on the third day. Well, this is the fourth rendition of the same teaching, except here we learn some new things. Number one, he would be given over to the Gentiles. That, that's new, that the Romans would have a part in this. The other four, three didn't have that uh, part, that he would be crucified. Now, it seems to me If I told you, you thought I was going to be the king of the country, and I told you, I'm going to get crucified, uh, don't you think you would have heard it? Hearing is hard for most of us. Hearing is almost impossible if it goes against what we want. I'm going to be crucified. They're going to mock me and scourge me, we read in verse 19. I mean, these people just didn't get it. John, uh, Matthew 26, 
Matthew 26. And verse 2. You know that after two days the Passover is coming and the Son of Man will be delivered to be crucified. Now, I don't know. I've tried to explain things to some pretty thick skulls. But I don't think I've ever tried this hard and failed. Oh, 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 we go back to Matthew 20. I, I, I'll show you why he failed. Matthew 20, let's go back. Let's go back to Matthew 20. Yeah, that's where Jesus says, uh, you're delivered to the Gentiles, mocked, scourged, that's verse 19, crucified and raised the third day. And suddenly we get a glimpse of how come their hearing was so poor. That is, they had their own agenda. Verse 20, right after the verse that says he's going to get crucified and raised, then the mother of the sons of Zebedee, and that's probably Jesus' aunt. I can't go into a demonstration on that right now, but this is... Aunt Mary Zebedee. And she's got two boys. And they have ambitions. Names James and John, the sons of thunder, because they know how to make it thunder. They have ambitions, and Mama, Aunt Mary Zebedee's got ambitions for them too. Then the mother of the sons of Zebedee came up to him with her sons, and kneeling before him, she asked him for something, and he said to her, What do you want? She said to him, Command that these two sons of mine sit on your right hand and your left. I don't want much, just the two best places in the kingdom. I mean, after all, you're my nephew. Cough it up, Jesus. I mean, they're not thinking of crucifixion. They're thinking of glory, their own glory. Jesus is going to be king, and they're going to be prime ministers. Ah, that's the day. Enough money to go around. That's the come they couldn't hear. Command that these two sons of mine sit, one on your right hand and one on your left of your kingdom. But Jesus answered, you don't know what you're asking. And down here in verse 24, it says, when the ten heard it, that is the other ten disciples, they were indignant because they wanted the best place. When you have one goal and Jesus has another, it's not hard to hear, it's impossible to hear. Every day when I get out of bed, I got to say, God, not my goals, but yours be done. Live out your life in me. It's not hard to hear. 
it's impossible to hear when you don't want what's being said. But the good news is somebody heard. Somebody had ears to hear. But they were the wrong people. Jesus said over and over and over, I will be crucified and I will rise the third day. Not one of the disciples got it. And as far as we can tell, not one of the followers of Jesus got it. But there were some people who heard. Matthew, the 27th chapter. Matthew 27. Matthew 27. Let's go down to about uh, verse 62. Matthew 27, verse 62. Next day. Now this is Sabbath. And these Jews kept the Sabbath very carefully, but they didn't keep it carefully enough. Now, next day, that is, af that is the day after preparation, Paraskevi, that is the preparation day, that's Friday, that's the day that Jesus was crucified. The chief priests and the Pharisees gathered before Di Pilate and said, Sir, we remember how that imposter said while he was still alive, after three days, I will rise again. How could the followers miss it? <laughs> and the Pharisees and the scribes get it. Well, because they were trying to protect their kingdom. They didn't believe in Jesus, but they wanted Pilate to put a guard on the place so that nobody could make a lie that Jesus rose. And all they did was validate the fact that Jesus rose, because <laughs> Jesus rose in spite of the Roman guard. Now, this is a, a problem. How could the disciples miss such an obvious repeated, repeated, repeated truth and his Jewish enemies get it right. Well, partly right. That this guy said he would rise on the third day. Sometimes I think that us Adventists aren't much better than the disciples. I think we got weak ears. I think the devil, he's out studying his Bible. Got end time events all night. He knows what's going to happen. The devil is no dummy. He's got the book Great Controversy memorized. Got the books of Daniel and Revelation memorized. And what are the followers doing? Oh, we're just making money and getting more stuff. <laughs> You know, I hate to tell you, we're probably not a whole lot different than the Jews. James tells us that the devil, the demons, believe. Now, they don't like what they have to believe, but they're at least smart enough to believe it. 
think. Maybe there's something about the resurrection we can learn about ears. That is, we need to hear what God has to say to his people as we move down the track toward the end of time. We need ears to hear. We need eyes to read, to study. What are our priorities? The disciples didn't hear. Because they didn't, they had other goals. Jesus' enemies heard every word. I think there's a lesson there for me and for you. We need ears. We need eyes. Probably no accident that after many of the times that Jesus said he was going to be crucified, he said, we need to be crucified too. We need to get it straight. Well, let's go. I've got to think now what I'm going to do and not do. Let's go to 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians, the fifth chapter, that's page 1145, 1145 in the few Bibles. 1 Corinthians 5. Now Paul, looking back, he understands. The disciples soon understood. Verse 7. The, the, the strange thing is, that in the sacrificial system, the Jews had the truth of the death and the resurrection of the Messiah right before their eyes. In chapter 5, verse 7, we read in the middle of the verse, Christ is our Passover lamb. Or as John 1.29 says, Christ is the Lamb of God that taketh away the sins of the world. Christ is the Passover Lamb. That was Friday. In the Jewish calendar, the next day was Sabbath. And the next day was the second feast of the Jewish year. That is the feast of the first fruits. That's how come they went by the, by the harvest uh, so that they could offer the first fruits second day after Passover, the third day inclusively. 1 Corinthians 15, go to the 15th chapter. 15th chapter, and Jesus fulfills both the Passover and the first fruits on the third day. Verse 20, but in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead, the first fruit. That is the second Jewish holiday. Passover, the day after Passover, first fruit, the third day. But in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. For as by man came death, by man has also 
the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, so also in Christ shall all be made alive. And because, well, Paul will say it, because Christ has risen, I can too. That's the Passover message. Because Jesus rose from the grave, his victory. Now, Roberta, it wasn't too long ago we had the service for your husband, Perry. And what did I say? That because Jesus died, and because Perry had a hold on him, he will rise again. That's what there is to celebrate. That's what makes the, e the I almost said Easter, didn't I? <laughs> That's what makes the resurrection day the most important day in the history of the world. Without that day, there would be no Christian church. Without that day, we would have no hope. And I'm going to close on one last passage here. First, we're still in 1 Corinthians 15, but now verse 51. Lo, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, that is die, but we shall be changed in a moment. In the moment there is a, a, a tomo, like at, atomic, a smallest particle. In a moment of twinkling of an eye at the last trumpet. For the trumpet will sound, the dead will be raised, imperishable, and we shall be changed. For this perishable must put on imperishable, and this mortal must put on immortality. When this perishable puts on the imperishable, and this mortal puts on immortality, then shall come to pass the saying that is written, death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is thy victory? O death, where is thy sting. And I quote a passage. I love this passage. Maybe I like it more than any other. Fear not. I died. And behold, I am alive forevermore. And I have the keys of death and the grave. Neither one can hold us. We have Jesus. Fear not. I died. And behold, I'm alive forevermore. And I have the keys of death and the grave. Fear not is the keynote of Christianity. Hope is the keynote of Christianity. Fear not, I was dead, yet I'm alive. And because I have the keys, death cannot hold you. That's what it's all about. That's why we're here today.
death cannot hold me because it did not hold him. That is the greatest truth on the face of the earth. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Shall we pray? Our Father in heaven, Lord, we thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your mercy, Lord, and we thank you for your great plan of salvation. We look forward, Lord, to that resurrection day when we're caught up in the air to meet you in the air and the clouds. Lord, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you for hope. Thank you for doing what you did so that we might be set free. Be with us now, Father. Be with us for the rest of the Sabbath day. Help us to rejoice in you. And Lord, before I quit, we just can have a little blessing on the food. Be with us now, Lord, as we fellowship in the potluck. And Lord, bless our food and our fellowship. In Jesus' name, amen.